Pigweed here from Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Today we review an amber ale and discuss monarchy. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. What's on your mind? Well, I just, just heard a very disturbing story about, you know, I've, I've got a, a grandchild, and the, apparently the, 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 the dad mm-hmm. was concerned that the child would look too Korean. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because... Ah, a lot because, of uh, about that. Yeah, because um, cause so, so Mrs. Crow Hill is a half Korean. Right. So my daughter is a quarter Korean. Okay. So my granddaughter is one-eighth Korean. Wow, well, there is cause for there concern. Is cause, there is definitely cause for concern. <laughs> I, I, just, I just found that a little remarkable, especially since none of the Crow Hill uh, clan, none of, the, none of the kids look Korean at all. Right. Well, I would say that uh, if you have a sit-down with Oprah Winfrey, ah, then that topic might come up. That, I would I, that, bring that, that up for that, yeah. that might be. Because we need to open people's eyes about this I kind know, of oppression. All this kind, yes, all this kind of concern. Well, okay, so... Uh, we're going to talk about monarchies today. Uh, okay. And, yeah, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we've segued in there somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> there's some connection. There's, there's, some, there's some weird... Just distance. stay tuned. Stay tuned and you'll get the connection later on. But before we do that, we want to drink this beer. This is uh, good old St. Michael's Ale from okay. Eastern Shore Brewing. It's and a, uh, brewed uh, in St. Michael's in, itself. In St. Michael's, okay. right, which is a nice town. Yeah. And uh, this is an amber ale. And it's just supposed to be kind of a straightforward five and a half percent easy drinking beer. Yeah, have a nice little malt touch. Yeah, um, slightly dry finish. Yeah, um, and uh, the kind of thing that you would like your brewers to have as their flagship ale. Exactly. Right? Like a lot of times, I, you go to a brewery and you're like, "Okay, I want a regular beer." They go, "Oh, we got the jalapeno peanut butter uh, maple syrup, whatever." Yeah, you know? yeah. How about just a beer? Yeah, and so yeah, so you start. Yeah, this is this is how a young brewery should start. Yes, right. With exactly. A, 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 a interesting, but down the middle of the style. Yeah, relatively straightforward. Why don't you? Why don't you start with a pale ale and an amber ale and a porter or something, right. something normal like that? Yeah, something, and then that's something do that you the, can session with. You know what I mean? Exactly. You can have a few of these in a row. And, yeah. Then uh, do the jelly bean jalapeno. Uh, <laughs> yeah, snake it looks. Beer. It's got a. Uh, you know, a sort of a Vienna lager kind of a kind of a it has color that kind of a color. flavor. Yes, and it also uses Vienna malt, by the way. Well, and um, so, very straightforward, good drinking beer. Well done, St. Michael's. Not only well done for this particular beer, but well done that this is your flagship beer. I'm, that's, I'm glad about that. I am glad. About I'm, that. I, too many people do this crazy stuff, and uh, this is a good. Go ahead and you're right, right. Get your uh, your set beers. Yeah. And that, yeah, feel feel free to experiment free with to your jelly beans and those, whatever. I like those fun. too. Yeah, fun. Yeah. But sh- but but sh- win your spurs by doing a yes, regular, straightforward, can... make, make make us a regular good beer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, so the connection about, is yeah. This supposed concern that uh, Meghan Markle. The, uh, what, what, what does she have a title? The Duchess of something? D- yeah, Duchess. 
Yeah, I forget what. <laughs> I, I'm not. A, I'm not a royal. I follower. don't know yeah. either. All right, so these two outcasts of the royal family, Harry <laughs> and Meghan, uh, have this all important sit down with uh, with Oprah Winfrey out on her vineyard somewhere, and uh, the whole the whole buzz about the whole thing is. Racism. Yeah, well, of course. Of course. Right? Everything's I mean, racist. Why, well, yeah. why, why, why bother having a show if it's not about are you racism? A, are you an outcast when you voluntarily leave? <laughs> when you were, you were driven out. You were by, driven out, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, so the following buzz was Pierce Morgan. It was a big <laughs> deal. And, you know, he was, he, you know, he had a stint here. He, I don't know what else, what, did he have his own show or is he a host on a, I think he was a guest on. He was being interviewed on a show. Or no, something. I mean, yeah. he was. I mean, he was. In, he was an American. Yeah. Uh, CNN. Somebody. You know, he was. He had his own show here. Yeah. Went back to Britain, and now right. he's Good Morning Britain uh, contributor, or whatever. And uh, somebody asked him about said, the whole Megan Megan thing. Yeah. Well, he said, "I don't believe it." <laughs> he says, "I think he said I wouldn't believe her if she read me a weather report." <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well. I mean, you're a professional opinion maker. Yeah. That's your, right? You're, Aren't you allowed to have that opinion? Isn't that what you're paid for? Isn't yeah. that your job? Is, your job you know, is to have an opinion. And so in this case, your opinion is so offensive <laughs> that he quits the show. Actually, he walked off in the middle of the show. Yeah. Well, good for him for that. Yes. I, you know, I, I'm and so... And then, oh, gosh, I wish I had, I wish I had his total non-apology yeah. about it. Yeah, which, which, again, so two things... I, I don't know a whole lot about Pierce Morgan, to right. tell you the truth. I mean, I, I remember him from many years ago oh, being a... You know what I have? I have because he was, he was going to be my man of the week, and it turned into, it turned into a whole show. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Pierce Morgan says he still doesn't believe Megan, portrays himself as martyr to free speech. Okay. All right. So, but, yeah, but no. so so I I remember him being somewhat of a liberal, and I don't really remember thinking all that highly of him. But no. then but then he's done two things that no. to me are stand up things. One, he uh, walked off the set when he thought things were getting out of hand, mm-hmm. and, and more people need to do that. More people need to tell these puffed up idiot journalists, stuff it, forget it, I don't need you, yeah. and walk off. So so uh, praise for peers for for doing that. The second thing he did. Was he did not apologize. Uh, Apologizing uh, so is the worst thing you can do. And he, and to quote, on Monday, I said I didn't believe Meghan Markle in her Oprah interview. Mm-hmm. I've had time to reflect on this opinion, and I still don't. <laughs> if you did, okay. Freedom of speech is a hill I'm happy to die on. Thanks for all the love and hate. I'm off to spend more time with my opinions. <laughs> I mean, let's just toast him as our exactly early man of the week. Early man of the week, Pierce. Well done, Pierce. I don't really know all about you, but just for that. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is what I think. I'm here for you to hear me say what I think. Yeah, and and you're and and so why would they line up this American to make him grovel? (laughs) To to come to her defense. all of a sudden, they're ready to tear down any royal at any time. And there's, there's more scrutiny. I don't know if you look through like the Daily Mail or any of those, uh, the Sun or any of those, those Daily. They're so filled with uh, royal right. scrutiny. Yeah. Uh, and in the case, so wh- wh- why come to her defense? 
She's an American, for God's sake. Yeah, it's like over here, it's baseball, hot dogs, apple pie. Over there, right. it's the monarchy. Yeah. You know, that's what they... I'm, I'm guessing that, one, they're, uh, you know, devout Wokies. Yeah. And two, because, uh, you know, once you've played the race card... Once you put race into it, all you, you bets can't, are you off. You can't be wrong. Exactly, yeah. All bets are off. So... So I, you know, I, I don't follow the Royals, and I don't particularly follow the Meghan and Harry thing, except that I did used to watch a show that Meghan Markle was on. It was yeah. a, a, called Suits or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. And, and uh, she was a, a, a character on the show. I didn't know she was black. Um, well, she's barely black. I know she's, what, a quarter black at best? At best. Yeah. So, the, so my... my right, so hold on, but I don't, I don't know, did we cover this so off camera or on camera? So the stink was... Yeah. That within the royal family, person, unnamed person, yeah. persons, were concerned about how dark the baby would be. All right. Well, she she's as she no she's as white as he is. Yeah. The two of them together, really, how much concern could there possibly be? And, and what, how big Tatum. the deal would it be? And this is why he, he you know, yeah. called o- around. Officer Tatum, you look him up on YouTube. Yeah, Officer yeah, Tatum look. just tear, tears this whole thing apart. And he is—he knows as little about the situation as we do. <laughs> but <laughs> right, but he's he became interested. And said, I got to watch this. Let's yeah. see what happens. And yeah, the the, the usual race charge. Yeah. And so, so now you also we also listened to that video by. Um, Daisy Cousins, is that her name? Uh-huh. Yeah, and she she went through all the ways that Megan was basically sticking her finger in the Queen's eye. Yeah. Um, that there there are rules, you know. If you're going to be, if you're going to be one of the royals, yeah. You know that that doesn't mean that you get to go around and make everybody do what you want. What that means basically is that you're so were, you're that an we, actor. We for have twelve hundred years of tradition here. Yeah, and you're supposed you're supposed to play a part. You're you're like and you're like a Disney princess. But her thing right, right was that she was caught off guard by all of this, yeah. and nobody. You're telling nobody me nobody told her she yeah. didn't go through royal boot camp. Of course she did. Of course she did. Like yeah. you, you know, the, or these are the these are the type. This is this is how you address people with various titles. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you've learned. You don't have to learn every king and queen, but I would I would think that you learn all of the houses. Yeah. You know, or, so you need to know the history. You know how how to curtsy to the. You know, had a curtsy, or you know, what clothes are appropriate in what time. This is all. If you didn't know, if you didn't know, and you didn't, if you okay. So even if they didn't give her training, then she'd have to be a moron to not like try to seek it out, not yeah. to like try to figure out. Okay, what's the deal here? Yeah. Like who just doesn't show up in jeans? Oh, right. I didn't know. Yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, who does? Who does that? Like if I go to if I go to a conference, I want to know what's the dress code. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, and that's yeah. just going to a conference. Yeah, I mean, how do you know she she's probably had a had a uh, properly served tea? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is this is stuff. Normal. Do you, you know what you're you you had no idea what you thought this was just going to be a regular Hollywood level TV actress of uh, uh, scrutiny and fame? She apparently are you thought, kidding? She apparently thought that she was going to be the the Hollywood woke actress who comes in and like reforms everything and you know fixes everything because she's so woke and she's so wonderful and that's just not the way it works it's not the way it this, works it's a thousand years of tradition they've got their they've got their rules they got the way things are done and she completely flaunted them from what i understand she like 
apparently royals aren't supposed to wear black unless they're in official mourning. Yeah. She wore black all the time. You know, the royals are supposed to wear, women are supposed to wear skirts, not pants, mm, except... Wear, wear, yeah, wear, yeah, supposed to wear a hat at this occasion right. and not at that occasion. Right. And and, all of this stuff is clear! Right, and uh, so maybe that's maybe that's oppressive or whatever. Okay, well, if you didn't like it, don't marry into the family exactly. for heaven's sake. This is, yes, this is how... Gosh, to think that you're just going to waltz in there and and uh, and change everything. And, and change everything. Yeah, it's like it's like going and let's say, okay, so you go and you marry into a Jewish family, and you say, oh, I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, don't marry into that family, you <laughs> yeah. idiot. You know, come on. If if you're gonna, if if you're marrying into something, you need to realize this is going to be part of your life now. They are mean to me. Look, half of the half of the British press is there to scrutinize the royal family. Yes, exactly. This is, this is going to happen. They didn't uh, defend me enough, or whatever. Right. And so, so uh, the Babylon Bee, the paper, the paper of, of record, the paper of record. Yes. It's a satirical site, but it's not really. It, it's, it's only it satirical now. But you know, six know. months from now, it'll just be plain true. But so, read this headline for it, me. It, it, Babylon Bee tells more truth through satire than anybody else tells yeah. by any. Yeah. So here's and they, the and, and they often do it in one sentence. Yeah. Meghan Markle inspires millions of young girls with the message that no matter how famous, rich, and powerful they are, they will always be oppressed. <laughs> yes, exactly what it was, too. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Yeah, you can be a Disney princess, but you'll still be oppressed, you uh, poor oh child. Oh, my goodness. So, 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 then, so what did happen? So she got there. Uh, it turns out, it, you know... It was it was more more work and more scrutiny than she realized, which is your own fault, yep. and you had to be dumb to right. not anticipate this. Yeah. And so, did you go and go? Well, I'll give it a try, and if it doesn't work out. We'll just bag the whole thing, <laughs> which I guess is which is, turns out to be basically what happened. Yeah. And and then stupid Harry just okay, he follows her follows her to Malibu or wherever they went. It's like, or maybe it was this. She 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 finally realizes after a year. She's like, "You're telling me you're sixth in line? <laughs> sixth? Sixth? Never uh, mind that. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody in the world knows that I'm sixth in line. Oh well. So I didn't. I I don't follow the royals, and I, I really no, I don't either. I really don't care. But I do remember a while ago seeing a pic, a picture of Meghan Markle proudly, kind of jauntily walking forward, you know, dashing into the situation. And kind of dragging a reluctant Harry behind her. Okay. And the caption was, this picture tells you everything you need to know about the, uh, rela- <laughs> the relationship between these two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, well, speaking of sixth in line, yeah, obviously he's not, he's not going to be the king. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so you're, you're going to give up your, your status, your historical position, for what? I mean, what do you? What, what do you I mean, I know, I know who who was it that left uh, that abdicated their position to oh, yeah. for uh, for an American woman from Baltimore? As a matter right. Of fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twenty early nineteen twenties or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Gosh, see, I, I remember the That's story, so, yeah. but I, I don't remember the names, sure the details about know, it. Know. But uh, so you know, it it has happened that someone has left the royals for for love. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, it, it, it's, it seems like a big mess. But I think I think what this has done for us is to ask, to get, say, why don't we just step back and look at monarchy in general? <laughs> yes. Right? Because, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, 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 That's it's what really... happened. I was sitting there and I'm going, 
It's the 21st century. I mean, what, like, why do you have kings? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? And, you know, are there cool things about it? Are there positive things about it? Or is it just tired and outdated? Uh, something that, uh, you know, the, the, that the, that the Republicans, small R Republicans, uh, are right about. And, you know, let's just cut ties with all of this business. Yeah. And so, uh, so let me read thoughts? you this quote. Yeah, let me read you this quote. There are some 40 constitutional monarchies in the world. All right. 16 of which recognize the queen as sovereign. I, I guess that would be like Canada, Australia, that kind of thing. Yeah. Bahamas, whatever. Right. All have clearly observed constitutional procedures. Constitutional monarchies also comprise some of the world's most developed, wealthy, democratically accountable, and progressive states. According to the UN, seven of the top ten countries in the world, in terms of quality of life, are constitutional monarchies. Well, what do you know? Because you would think that, that uh, without hearing that quote, yeah. without knowing which countries it was, yeah. you would say, well, whichever these countries are, they're stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, you picture some... Some crazy king sitting on a throne and, you know... Dictating with the big feasts. And, right. Uh, 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 and they would be the ones that are least likely, least progressive, least likely to get on board with the modern with the modernization of their country because they're clinging to their hundred years old uh, tradition. And uh, simply not that no, not true turn, at turns out all. not true. So in England is a constitutional monarchy. Then we've got um, Belgium. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, who else? Mm -hmm. Spain, Spain. Uh, all of the Scandinavian, uh, Scandinavian the countries, Scandinavian uh, countries uh, Den right, yeah. Denmark, uh, Sweden, and uh, Finland. Right. Uh, what did I say? I said Spain, uh, the Netherlands. The ne okay, right. And I don't know about Switzerland. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. So, so here we've got these these countries that, like Bernie Sanders, will hold up as a model for. Progressive, progressive social, progressive social, social policies. programs, yeah. and and they've got constitutional monarchies. Yeah. So so obviously there's something going on here. I mean, it, is it just a coincidence that they have a constitutional monarchy, or is there something? Is there maybe some benefit to a constitutional monarchy? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, let me give my, my let me talk about Belgium. Okay. So I uh, have a a friend, an acquaintance. When I was uh, when I was just out of high school, my mom um, hosted some Boy Scouts mm -hmm. for the Washington D.C. Jamboree yeah. from Luxembourg. Oh, cool! And I have kept in touch with one of them for the these many forty years or right, so. Yeah. Right. Anyway, and I saw him. I saw him recently, as in the last five years. Yeah. He came to Ocean City. Yeah. And met him down there. Anyway, so I have a bunch of questions for him as a, an adult, not a teenager anymore. Yeah. And. Uh, so he, so Luxembourg is is really a city state. Mm -hmm. It's just, and they have a, they have a grand duchy, okay, whatever that is. Yeah. So they I, maybe they, maybe they're maybe they're in that monarch. Uh, sure. Yeah, they're list. connected. Not to a king. Yeah. At any rate, uh, his wife works in Belgium. Okay. He's a lawyer in a bank, so which is probably all that goes on in Luxembourg. <laughs> I think she owns a shop or something in there. Mm -mm. Don't they do all the um, EU stuff over there? In Luxembourg? No, I don't know. No, it's in Belgium. It's in Brussels. Yeah, in Brussels, right. So this is in Belgium. And he says Belgium is deeply divided between the French-speaking half right. and the Flemish-speaking half. There's actually it's actually three autonomous regions with a small German-speaking Okay, yeah. Let's just go with the French and the, and, the, and the Flemish. He says, if you're in the Flemish side, you're better off speaking English or German than you are Flemish. Because <laughs> okay. there's that level. He says, 
well, the only thing that holds that country together is they all love the king and they love the national soccer team. Wow. So in a sense of uh, of like, stability and cohesion yeah. right. and, yep. uh, well, yeah, there, there you go. I mean, you could see if a country had, um, you know, uh, uh, portions of the country that wanted to break away, yep. you know, form its own because it's got its own ethnicity but or whatever. But you lose the king. You've got the king, you're right. Well, you, right. you've got the king to sort of broker this. Hey, look, no, we're all part of this, and yeah. you know, and that might be a more effective figure in holding a country that's on the verge of breaking up together. The way that a president. Crowhill here. If you like beer and conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, please like it, share it, give us a good review. Tell your friends about it, put it on Facebook, all that good stuff. We like to do the show, but we're not so great at the social media promotion, so we'd like to ask our fans if they could help us out with that. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Well, that's that's an interesting idea, and it kind of ties back to some conversations we've had about immigration, because one of the problems that I think we have in the United States nowadays is we no longer have a sense of who we are. Like, what does it mean to be an, Amer- an American? Uh-huh. What, does it, what does it mean to be part of the United States. And I think there needs to be a revived um, sense of these are the values that we hold as Americans. And and a monarchy ha- like shows that. This is what Belgium is about. You uh-huh. know, they're that guy. We like that guy and we like the soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, right? So at least there's some there's some sense of of national identity that they have as a result of the monarchy. So that's a that's a benefit. Yeah, and, and how I would say, let's just go with England, uh, just in terms of tourist dollars, yeah. has to outweigh, so if the argument is this, this money that's wasted on supporting the royal family, mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. First off, I'm sure the government pisses away way more money on other stupid programs yep. that offer no benefit mm-hmm. than is spent on the king and queen and what they bring in in terms of people just wanting to see the palace and the, the, the history. And the guards and, the, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. All of that yeah. formality. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I used to be, you know, I guess when you're uh, any young liberal is supposed to think that, you know, that those things are outdated and, you know, you the the French had the right idea, but of course the French brought back the king. Right. And the, well, and the, well, the English had a civil war. Yeah, Cromwell and his son. I don't know. They ran things for about fifteen or twenty years, and uh, they brought back the king. They brought yeah. back the king. So, so I was reading a libertarian defense of monarchy from the Mises Institute or something yeah. like that today. It was kind of interesting, and they were saying that that there are a lot of things about uh, democracy that. There's a negative side to democracy. It's it's easy for a democracy to go into, uh, go too extreme, to go too far. Uh-huh. Take one idea and like all the people get together with this crazy idea and go to, go too far one way. And they were saying that that just as in the United States we have checks and balances, you know, the executive against the legislature, against the judicial, that sort of thing, the the federal government against the state governments, all that kind of stuff. Having an unelected monarch. Is another kind of check and balance. Now, I'm, I'm not advocating this. I, I, yeah. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that I, I want to have a constitutional monarchy or anything like that. I'm just saying that there there are some things to be said for it. That the monarch stands outside of the two year, four year cycle of politics. I see. The monarch is not always 
subject to... And they're to, free to have a, a longer view. A longer view, that's right. So I think we, we talked about this a little while ago. Um, the problem with the Metro Board in D.C. was that anybody who served on the Metro Board only served like a one- or two-year term. And all they cared about was making sure that during their term, the budget was was straight. Okay. So what that meant was they didn't spend any money on maintenance. Mm. So they got this accumulated maintenance debt that just got worse and worse and worse, and nobody wanted to pay it because it would have made them the, the, the jerk who, you know, broke the budget. And so it got to the point where finally they had to do something. Yeah. Right? So this idea, and that, you see that a lot in policies in in our government, how about a with, how about a two trillion dollar spending bill? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll you know I'll be long gone by the time we, any of this when stuff. When this is bill due. comes due, yeah, I'll be gone. I'll, I'll yeah, be fact, retired uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, well, or, or case of current president uh, dead. Yeah, <laughs> right. So so <laughs> this, on himself somewhere. <laughs> so this this short term perspective that you get from people who only serve two years, four years, six years, whatever it is. Um, a monarch, you're, thinking about, you're thinking about, not only will I be here until I die, my family legacy yeah. uh, is, it will be responsible for this. Now, of course, they don't have anything to do with budgets, and they don't have anything to do with politics. I, I don't even think they're allowed to vote. But still, they're, uh, you know, a, they have a, a guiding pulpit. force. They have yeah. a pul- yeah. mm-hmm. so, so there is a sense in which that kind of a figure, and again, I'm not promoting this, but that kind of a figure does provide stability in a certain way stand outside and above politics and stand for something other than a particular set of beliefs, which I think is good. So I want to read this quote. Unless we have powers that represent other interests than that of a temporary and often manipulated majority, we will be dominated by the the contest for electoral superiority and determined by the unlimited rule of who will win. Monarchy helps to sustain the democratic process by mixing a power other than that of democracy with democracy. (laughs) Kind of an interesting Pretty idea. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I don't really see the, uh, you know, the, ben- the 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 benefit of throwing off the monarchy back in the day. You know, in the late nineteenth century, was because the whole because the country was so divided between the aristocracy and yeah. everybody else, yeah. who barely had any say at all. Yeah, and so I think that they have managed to, as you know, as. Uh, as they start getting constitutional monarchs, you start getting parliaments and that yes. kind of thing who yeah. start to balance out the power of the king until the, until the point that they've basically stripped the king of any real power. Yes. But but there is more, like you say, but it is more than just a ceremonial figurehead. Yeah. yeah so which I, has its own value. Yes, exactly. So, so I would not be in favor of starting a constitutional monarchy, <laughs> no, but, right. but I would also not be in favor of ending one right. because I, I can see... I can see that there might be some value in in continuing things as well. And if you and, and if you could have gone back to your earlier quote and that that said uh, seven of the ten worst countries in the world were run by monarchies, then you maybe would have an exactly, argument. You'd exactly. Like, then well, maybe, you see what you get. Exactly. You then, turn around, you go. Actually, no, take it's a look. the way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. So, so I think there's there's a reasonable argument to say that the that the monarchy provides kind of a focal point. A collective conscience, a collective morality, what it, what it yeah. is to be a Belgian or Spanish or English or whatever the heck it is. So there, there's something good in that. And then people like to criticize the authority. Some, some people love authority and some people hate authority, right? And some people will say, 
well, this idea of a king or a queen or whatever, that's, that's harsh. But the, the funny thing is that when you, when you talk about the British monarchy, the authority kind of goes both ways because the, the, the royalty are subject to the, the parliament, right? Yes. So, so, so this, this idea Even of... Even in its very early days, well, the main distinction was that uh, sort of like, like the system that we have now, they control the purse. Yeah. So if the king wants to wage war... He's got to get the money to wage that war. He's got to go to Parliament, and right. they then there's where you get your give and take about yeah. uh, you know the sharing of power. Yeah. So I think there's something healthy about the idea of even the king, even the queen, mm-hmm. is subject to the law and the Parliament and the rule and you know Britishness or whatever the heck you want to call it. I, I think that's a that's a good model for authority. For, yeah, right. Modern authority yes. and modern monarchy. Yes. Yeah, not in its, you know, Henry VIII sense. Exactly. Exactly. The idea that you you have authority, but you're under authority. Uh And and I kind of like that. And as we mentioned before, they take a longer view than politicians who are elected every couple of years. And um, now now here's the thing that that does seem a little weird about it. Why should it be hereditary? Yeah, well... uh, That's just a little weird. uh, Well, just yes, because it kind of comes from a divine right of kings... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentality, which we don't have anymore, right. but uh, yeah, I just can't see it. Work. It doesn't work otherwise. Yeah, yeah, right. It just, it just has to be that way. <laughs> now, I guess one of the rules there, there. Well, I mean, I guess you even go back to uh, Henry the Eighth. It's it, it, it generally a son, right? Everybody wants. Yeah. Oh, monarchs want. The son to be born, but right now it's. We've had a queen in, in England for how long? I mean, yeah, so and it's, the next, it's the... the next child in line. Yeah, and I mean before is because I, don't know, I mean before Elizabeth, what was Elizabeth's sister, Mary. So he had a son, but he only lived to like fourteen or something mm. like that. Then it went to Mary, but I, I don't know. I thought before that, you know, then it went to, if you only had daughters, it went to the king's brother or something like yeah. that. It stayed in yeah. the family. Well, that, that, that all, all that stuff has changed dramatically yeah, over the years. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's, you, you can't make that charge. The, 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 the sexist charge. You right. Know, in the now, mer- there, there is line. One, one thing about making it hereditary that might be a good thing is that if... You know, except for Harry and Meghan, if if generally speaking, you're going to be marrying kind of within the broader royal family, uh-huh. right? Because like these fam- the Habsburgs or the whatevers, yeah. you know, they're it's not, they're not all in one country. They they're spread around in a bunch of different places. Yeah. So that has a tendency to make a more uh, to make alliances across other. Well, yeah, other, I mean, basically that. Yeah, that that was the purpose in the beginning. Yeah, anyway. That was the purpose yeah. in the beginning. And, um, yeah, during Queen Victoria married a German, mm-hmm. and during World War One, Tsar Nicholas II and King George V of England were first cousins. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So Which, that, there's some kind of benefit to that sort of thing. And once again, I'm not trying to promote a monarchy in any way, but... I think it's wrong to just look at it and say, this is silly and outdated and useless, because it's not. Right, it has, right, it has some benefits. Of, right, this sort of 
revolutionary mentality where we must throw off. Well, throw them off for what? I mean, it's not yeah. like they're it's not like yeah. they're hurting anything. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's that's kind of what I have to say about monarchy. You got anything right. else you want to I talk about? I do have something else because I just want to go old school really quickly here. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. The king of the king of Thailand. <laughs> Thailand yes. Which, if you'll just do me the favor of pronouncing his name, uh, ooh, I'm... that's a that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Just, so how... just try. The, fir- be... the first name's easy. That's Maha. But so so. Oh my gosh. I know. Vajralunkorns. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so, he is the uh, king of Thailand. Uh, he's amassed a huge $24 billion fortune and spends most of his time living in luxury in the German state of Bavaria. Wow. Okay. Uh, he was our man of the week about a year ago when he... Uh, so, all the hotels were shut down. Yeah. So, he just uh, moved into an entire hotel in the... Took over the whole thing. Up the Alps with his 20 concubines. (laughs) Well played, sir. Uh, for the sake of the nation, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. So, but, his, but his most recent thing is, yeah, so he, he has a royal consort, which is... Uh, and that's different from mistress or something? Yes, okay. we, and this was, the, this was a position that was... That was uh, Officially sanctioned. Well, no, they, got, they got rid of it in like the 30s. Okay. But Mavaja Rancorn is bringing, it, bringing back. it back. Okay, and there she is. There she, uh... the official consort. So they got the king. He's got a wife. He's got a consort, and then he has mistresses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it kind of keep him busy, you know. Uh, and so he, uh, uh, this is also a place where uh, there are laws against criticizing the royal family. Wow! But they live in they live in real secrecy. Hmm. So they, it's not like the British royals where you kind of know what's going on yeah. and they're exposed to the public. Yeah, they don't even know what this guy's up to, especially since he spends most of his time in Bavaria and <laughs> grew up in in military schools and stuff in in Australia and and college in England and yeah. whatever. Well, that kind and of monarchy so, sounds kind of silly to me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this, yes, this is what I'm saying exactly. This guy's going old school, too old school. Yes. Uh, yeah, the idea of a queen who goes out and, and comforts the people in a town when something bad happens and all that kind of stuff, that, that sounds kind of cool to me. But what's the point of having a king who's just out with his mistresses in Bavaria? In Bavaria. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm saying... So, uh, I mean, just, well done, dude, but still, yeah. I mean, I don't see why it helps. But uh, uh, back to, uh, you know, uh, contemporary monarchies that are modernized... This guy's gone a little old school, and uh, not in a good way. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Although, look yeah. at that dress. That, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful dress. Yeah, anyway. what, what, yeah, I don't know what he's wearing. Some weird thing. Uh, and, oh, and her name is... Okay, can you help me out with okay. that? Okay, wow. All right. Sininat Wangjarapak. I'm not, I, I, gosh, I, I mean, it's six I, syllables I, I, I apologize to the Thai, but I can't but do this. But I didn't uh, know they were so, uh... Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that sounds like a language I'm probably <laughs> not going to learn. <laughs> no, I'm not going to learn that one. All right, so there we have it. Monarchies are, um, hey, a little silly in some cases, but, you know, they, they, they don't have, seem to hurt anybody. They have more and, value, and if you just want to look at the numbers... It's, I don't know. Their countries are doing pretty good. Yeah, the countries with, with monarchies are doing okay. So that sounds pretty good to me. All right, you got you got the choices here. Okay, I thought oh. we just did 
What's that? Didn't we just do man of the week? No, 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 no. You know, the the, king, the Thai king was man of the week uh, about a year ago when the when the lockdown first started. Okay. And he moved in and he bought out a whole hotel with twenty babes. Okay. He, he was, oh, I mean, so, so he's not man of the week. No, this no, week. no, no. We no. need a fresh man. Of the I week. see a fresh man of the week. Of so, this week. Okay. So fresh man of the week of this week is once again not a man. Um, I actually know this woman's mother-in-law. Ah, so that's how you got. That's how I. That's how direction. I found about it. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so Michelle Suazo, the executive director of the Food Project in yeah. Baltimore, right. is is doing really good work, yeah, right. helping to make sure kids are fed, uh, but not just that, no. not not just giving them food, also helping kids to learn food service things to help them get some skills so that maybe they can work on a right. Restaurant. So she right she she doesn't come in with some outsider group. She she employs the kids from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are working these food lines. Yes, exactly. Stuff. Yeah, so so and teaching, it's, teaching them food prep and and you know nutrition and yeah, exactly. So uh, this is fantastic. I mean, here you well, have an area, the, the food project. Okay. Yeah, you have an area that's that's food poor in a, yeah. in a serious way, and, and you have kids who, if they're not doing skills. this, they're going to be like in, they're going to be in gangs or whatever. And she's she's feeding people, she's teaching them skills, she's kind of teaching them to care for one another. I, I think it's fantastic. I yes. Mean, yeah, that was a that was an uplifting story. Yeah, so well done, Michelle Suazo. All right. All right.